Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here my fellow nerd, Gary Price. How's it going? It's going good. No more Matt O'Hara again this week. He's still out ill uh he'll be okay of course we've, we've talked to him uh he'll be back next week on tuesday mm-hmm. just audio no video uh with garrett and matt and i will be in new york making a whole bunch of prize picks uh all week long celebrating uh, i'm gonna go to the bills game on sunday and then i'm gonna stay in new york the whole week and celebrate thanksgiving here with family so i'm pretty pumped nice uh did did jared tell you that him and i are going to the browns bucks game he did not tell me that. We yeah. should meet up for sure. We should meet up beforehand. Look at that. Yeah. Making plans on the air. Yeah. You're um, welcome, Nerd Herd. There we go. Plans are made. Excited. <laughs> um, so before we get into this week's show, we got a lot to talk about this week. Some big injuries, some big news to go over here. I got to tell you, as always, about our friends at Prize Picks. And, you know, Prize Picks is such a fun way. I just mentioned I'm going to be in New York uh, playing around there on my Prize Picks app. I, I love every time I get a chance to get out to New York. I have a place out there because it gets me a chance to get on the prize picks app and make some props, right? You know, and I got a couple of props I love this week, but you know what prize picks is it's an app. It's, it's a site that lets you pick two to five players. And all you gotta do is pick their over under projections or give you some projections. You pick the over, you pick the under. If you're right, you went up to 10 times your injury. It's just you versus those numbers. That's all it is. And it's multi-sports with any league you want to play, whether it be basketball, hockey, football, baseball, you can combine all those sports together to find the perfect amount of props that you like to come out ahead with some major cash. Like this week, Garrett, I was taking a look at them. Three of my favorite props. I like Daniel Jones to go over 185.5 receiving yards. Uh, I like that this week. I like Jonathan Taylor to go over 80 and a half rushing yards. And I like DJ Moore to go over 55 and a half receiving yards so those are my three uh props that i like this week you know all i gotta do is put those in there i'm gonna put those in there on friday morning and if i hit i'm gonna win 10 times my entry can't wait i'm gonna be just going that buffalo bills game just buying beers left and right for all my friends all my friends on me boys it's on me yeah uh so get out check them out download their app uh right now check out prize picks make sure you use the promo code nerds they'll give you double your entry up to a hundred dollars. Use that promo code nerds and they're going to double up your picks prize picks. Check them out. Can't wait. Uh, like I said, I'll be in there. I've already been invited by the bills mafia to cut multiple tailgates. Uh, you're you're going to break a some table, friends, right? family and my kids. You're going to break a table. I, I, I honestly, if you're going to be table breaking, cause I heard it's few far between, uh, please hit me up with my DMS. I would love to stop by for that. My kids would probably absolutely love it. I would love to throw my kids off of something onto a table. Um, and let mother nature take its course, you know, survival of the fittest. So, and if my wife doesn't like her, I'll throw her on a table too. Right. You know, where's the stop? It'd be WrestleMania in the Dotson house. I'm not scared. Tables, so, uh, we have some injuries this week, Garrett. We had some good injuries, not from people falling on tables, but from players getting hit. Uh, so let's well, dive into some quick, of these. Obviously the biggest. Hold on, hold on. Whoa, what? Real yes. quick. Okay. I have to uh-huh. make this announcement quickly because Jared's like, Garrett, make sure no matter what that this gets announced. Tomorrow night, and if you're listening on Wednesday when this normally comes out, that will be tonight for you. We are doing a trade extent, extent, 
extravaganza, uh, a bonanza. Uh, well, you know, whatever aganza it is, uh, we're, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be on our discord. So if you are not part of the nerd herd, you don't, you're not on discord with us. So you got to be part of the nerd herd, but we're going to go on there. We're going to be on there for a good, probably 30 minutes, maybe even an hour or so. And we're going to, it'll be an it'll, hour. It'll probably be like seven hours with all the trade questions, but whatever it is, we'll be on there. We're going to be answering tons and tons of trade questions because we are in the thick of it right now. Trade season, uh, lots of moves. Being made. I've made three moves, I think like in the past two days. So it's, it's that I've time made of year. So many trades. Yep. I made, I literally made a trade three minutes ago before I jumped on the air. I traded, uh, what's probably end up like I have, uh, what's going to end up being three, one. Okay. Uh, super flex tight end premium next year. And I got Curtis Samuel. Uh, oh, I need another receiver, that. like a fourth receiver. I need one. So I give it a three, one it proposed to me. Uh, but you're right, Garrett. This is like the heat. This is the thick of it. We talked about last show, like this week, the next couple of weeks, it's, it's, it's dynasty trade extravaganza, right? Like this is where you're going to see tons of trades, draft picks going out the door, people going for those ships. I mean, if you had Cooper Cup, more likely than not, you're a contender, right? And now the Moscow right. Mule is put back on the shelf. He's not coming back, folks. Like he's out. Like probably six weeks, most likely the year, because the Rams are probably out of it at that point. They lost two more offensive linemen. That offensive line is in shambles. They have no running game whatsoever. Even though they got Kyron Williams back, it won't be a fair look at him. Even though it would probably be safer to dump it off in the passing game, there, you know, obviously it's a boost for Ben Skowronek. Obviously it's a boost for Van Jefferson. Allen Robinson could probably be the number one, but the offensive line is so bad. The Dallas, Might not matter. The, the, the Rams are probably the, the Rams are probably going to have a top 12 pick, which isn't even their pick, but that's what it's probably going to be. So the odds of Cooper Cup even coming back uh, to help you are slim to none. And when he did come back, it'd be on like a light workload. So Cooper Cup is done. So if you have Cooper Cup and you're in the thick of it, guess what you're going to do? You thought you were good, but now your team's a contender. You got to go out and give up your 23 first for a player. You got to give up assets that you normally wouldn't want to give up to be a contender because that's what you should do as a contender, right? Just because you lose a player doesn't mean you're like, oh, this this is it. I guess I'm not going to go win a championship. Hell no. Double down. Go get that ship. Listen, I'm only saying this because I've been saying it for nine years, and I haven't said it lately, I don't think, Garrett is we play this game for one reason and one reason only. It's not to have the best-looking team on paper. It's not to have all these draft picks. Yes, if you're in rebuild, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to be reloading with those draft picks. But if you're any time in a window, if you have any time opportunity at all to win a championship, you seize that moment and you go get that championship. It doesn't matter how strong your team looks out on paper down the road. It doesn't matter how many draft picks you have or you can't give up your late 23 first or your late 23 first second and 24 second. Yes, you can. Those are just imaginary assets that do not exist yet on your roster. If you have a championship in front of you, you go and get it. It will always be the utmost important thing that you do for your team and that's to put in the best position to win a dynasty fantasy football championship because those windows are small and they're hard to come by and you have no idea what your team's going to look like next year. You have no idea what those players are going to do performance-wise and you have no idea if they're going to be healthy then as well. You have to go get those ships. It's literally all that matters. People will be talking about trading this. Youth is this. You can't give up this. And I'm not saying go out there and just overpay crazy and get taken advantage of. I'm not saying that. But you can find amongst your league mates, amongst 11 other players, nine other players, 13 other players, a fair trade 
that might be an over a slightly overpay. And sometimes what seems like an overpay today is an underpay tomorrow. And again, if you end up with that championship, it does not matter. We play to win the game. That's what's most important. Nobody cares about second place. Nobody cares about how many draft picks you have. Nobody cares that your team went 12 and 0 or 15 and 0 in the regular season and oh, you lost in the in the uh championship game because your two running backs were hurt and and you you didn't give up a first round pick or I'm sorry, a second round pick and a third round pick for David Montgomery, who's now the clear bona fide starter and get all the snaps in Chicago. Or he's just a one-year guy or he's 32 years old. It does not matter. Go get that championship. And unfortunately, if you are a contender and you just lost Cooper Cup, that's probably the position you're in, right? Like your whole situation has now changed because you lost a guy who was averaging about 22 points per game. That was one of the best fantasy receivers in the game as it is right now. And that's, it's going to be really hard to re, like replace, right? But you got to find some way to include those points from another area. It's probably going to be from a team that's not ready to compete. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So we're going to do all that and more 10 o'clock tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern time on Discord. We're going to help you guys win ships. It's going to be awesome. I'll be there. Rich will be there. Jared will be there. It'll be fantastic. Uh, and we've already kind of segued sort of into the injuries, but let's officially get to it. Cooper Cup. Headed to the IR, looking like he's going to miss probably around six weeks, which is basically the the rest of your fantasy season. Yeah, if not more. I mean, like I said, they're probably not. I mean, do you expect them to bring Cooper Cup back no. at the end of the year? Why would they? No. I mean, you're talking about like week, week 15. Why would they even bring him back and like try to aggravate? And that's like, I mean, he got the tightrope surgery. He's getting surgery tomorrow. So they're saying probably six up to eight weeks. He's done. Like, he's not coming back. Like, this is one of the situations that they're going to make the playoffs. He'd probably come back and be ready for the playoffs. Maybe they give him a little action in week, like, 18. Sure. But for this team, in the state it is now, with their Super Bowl hangover, we will not see Cooper Cup again. Um, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, Ben Skowronek, he's going to play in the slot. He'll get a little bit more targets. Van Jefferson came back this week. He should be included a little bit more. Maybe there's, they're not... No Odell Beckham's coming to save him this year because they're not contenders. So Odell Beckham's not going to sign with them this year for sure because they're out of it. You know, Odell Beckham's probably going to go to the Bills. He's probably going to go to the Chiefs. Somebody's actually uh, ready to compete. Maybe somewhere in the NFC can take a step up or Dallas has heavily recruited him. But for a Cooper Cup, you know, as 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 a dynasty owner, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yep. It's There's no – because you're not getting Justin Jefferson right now. You're not getting any of those guys – so, like, your best-case scenario is you can get, like, a mid-wide receiver one, and wh- whoever it is, is is not going to give you the same consistent production that you got out of Cooper Cup. You can hope to get 80 to 85% of it, but that's probably the best you're going to get. I think your best bet, Garrett, is just to find that older receiver <coughs> that um, you can go out and possibly add to your roster. I mean, I think if... Now, again, this it, it's hard when you talk dynasty and you do these podcasts and, you know, when you talk trades and what you give up. And it, it, there's a reason we always use draft picks as kind of like a baseline because in a vacuum, it's so hard to say, go trade for player A or go trade for player B because you don't know what that player is on another dynasty team, whether he's a contender or, a re, or somebody reloading. You know, it's so hard to say that. Like, it's so easy. Well, you guys should go trade for this player. Well, team, that team's not trading that player, or they're asking for too much. But, I mean, outside of a vacuum, I think a really good candidate here when we're mentioned, 20, like, draft picks, like, 
I think you'd probably get DeAndre Hopkins for a 23 first or a 23 first and second. Like he's a perfect kind he's of player one. to go out that get that's he's over the 30 year old uh, mark that's still going to produce at a high level that you could trade that first and you can still get another year, couple of years out of him. So it's not like you're just wasting that first, but he's like a perfect, he's the first guy that pops in my head. Uh, if there's any middle in team or any team that's not a true contender that has D hop on their roster. Cause they haven't got the right uh, offer where somebody's not willing to give up that 23 first and second. I mean, hell 23 first, second and third. If it, that's what it took. Um, I think he's the perfect candidate to go out and acquire for your dynasty team at that position. Yeah, absolutely. Another name that comes to mind, uh, Mike Evans uh, in the Tampa Bay offense. Yep. That offense looks like it's slowly starting to get itself together. Ryan Jensen, uh, they're, they're really good offensive linemen. going to be back, and that's been part of the issue. Tom Brady hasn't had as much time as he's had in past years. Getting Jensen will, will, will be helpful. Uh, but Mike Evans is really consistent out there. You know you're going to get double-digit points week in, week out. Not quite Cooper Cup level, sure, uh, but but you're going to get good production out of somebody like Mike Evans. So he's another one that that comes to mind as well for me. Yeah, anybody that's that's getting a little older, has seen like depressed value, like Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, maybe Devonte Adams. I know he hasn't seen too much, but again, you're talking about guys. It all depends on your team and where the other team is. So right? like you're basically just now going to go look at all the rosters that are you know from the six seed down, right? They're slowly on the borderline, possibly trying to get out um, and then go try and acquire the players, like any kind of player you can get that's going to produce. And then the opposite might be to, like the opposite way to look at it too, Garrett, is like you might look to say somebody had a Cooper Cup and say they were like in the, the sixth, fifth spot in the playoffs. And they're like, dude, that's it. My season's over. And they don't want to go out and and – go make moves and they don't have 23 first to give up. They don't, they were kind of all in. Now's the time to go start vulture in their roster too. Like sure. it could be the complete opposite where you're like, Hey, this guy was a number one seed and he's got Cooper cup and his number two receiver was Deandre Hopkins. Right. Cause now you might get Deandre Hopkins for, we're saying, Hey, I hit to give him a first and second. You might just get Deandre Hopkins for just a first because he's like, man, with no Cooper cup, I have no chance. This was like my last shot. Cooper cups, 30 Deandre Hopkins, 30, everybody's for sale. And now you're actually getting value right. um, off of that team way. So it can actually work both ways. Here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a devastating injury, but anytime that these types of things happen, it opens up extra windows for trading, moving players that otherwise you, there would have been no reason to see Cooper cup on the move otherwise, or, you know, some of these other players, but these open up windows for teams that are now interested in acquiring players that they wouldn't have been interested in before. Yeah, listen, I mean, Winston Churchill said this quote. He said, with every great tragedy comes great opportunity. And in Dynasty Fantasy Football, that great tragedy is when somebody gets hurt, whether it be long-term or short-term. And what that does is present an opportunity for you to go out there and to find value, right? To go out there and either acquire that player for cheaper than he was yesterday or to grab other assets off of that Dynasty roster. And it just... It's a constant moving and shaking business dynasty. And definitely this time of year, because every move, every bye week, every loss, every win, every injury changes the whole dynamic outlook of somebody's perspective on their season. Yep. So you gotta be, you gotta be the first to act because if you're not, somebody else is going to do it. And then they're going to make a trade with that team. And, you know, we've said this on a show a hundred times where 
how many times have you seen a, a trade go through in your dynasty? Like, like, oh my goodness, that's all you gave up yeah. for that player? I would have gave you more. Well, then you should have made the offer, right. right? Like, people aren't just waiting around. I, I had a league mate today. Um, he was laughing at me saying, oh, I can't believe you said it's a Josh Allen trade that you're a contender uh, in this league. I wrote back, I'm 100% a contender. And he's like, come get Tyree Kill. I'm like, send me an offer. He's like, no, you send me an offer. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, okay, I guess that's where we're at here. I don't really know where to go from here because I don't know what to offer. But the point is, like, you can't wait around for other people to make the offers, right? right? Like, you need to go out there. You got to make the offers and pitch. It's it's a reason why, Garrett, like, I don't know how you do it, but, like, I'm constantly sending trades out of my leagues. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, every single day. Knowing that 95% of these trades are just going to be flat denied saying, nope, you're nowhere close. I don't know where this came from. It's because a lot of times I'm just testing the waters, right? Like, hey, is it, has this depreciated in your eyes at all? If I get a strong nope, it has not. If, if it, maybe I'll get a counter offer. And then once I get a counter offer, I know there's a window there to negotiate. And then right. sometimes that 0.5%, 0.1%, they actually just hit yes. And you're like, oh my God, I made this amazing Such trade. Deal. So it's like, and you got to be doing, you got to, you got to constantly be throwing those trades out there nonstop. And that's fine. If you become the guy that goes, Oh man, another trade offer from rich. Yeah, man. I'm constantly trying to improve my dynasty team. And I'm always testing the waters to see how you feel about this player. Or if there's a door open for a trade and there's a team like in my original league, that's 18 years old. There's a team in my eyes. I feel like it's been out of it for the last five weeks. And I've sent him a trade every other week for these players. Like, Group trades too. Like, give me Mike Evans. I want Mike Evans. I want Travis Kelsey. And I want somebody else too. Like, older assets, right? Like, right. And I'm offering like two first and a second. And he's like, no, I'm not ready to give up yet. But like, I'm going to keep sending them just in case that one day he's like, you know what? I am ready to get re- give up. And I, that's, that seems like a good enough offer for me. Right. So you got to send those trades, man. Got to send them. Absolutely. Well, you might have to send out some more trades at the tight end position because we lost two. Very important pieces this week. Zach Ertz, knee injury done for the year. Uh, Dallas Goddard, shouldered injury. His is a little bit more short-term, looking at two to three weeks there. It's already been tough at the tight end position. Now, fortunately, we have had a couple step up. We will talk about that player in a moment. Uh, But uh, (laughs) now that I'm excited and and wearing a Bears shirt for no reason, uh, you know, whatever. But... uh, it, it, it's been really difficult at the tight end position. Goddard, Ertz, what are you doing there, Rich? Uh, well, obviously with Ertz, you're not doing anything because he's out for the year. Goddard's out two to three weeks. You're a hold there. Uh, if he's your number one tight end, then yeah, <laughs> that kind of hurts. If Zach Ertz is your number one tight end, that hurts. Because you're talking about two guys at you know, the top of the position. You're literally talking about the number three and number four overall tight ends in PPR league. So you're, you lost two high end assets here. So like, who do you go out and get, right? Like, who are the guys to go out and trade for? Maybe it's Tyler. I mean, I think what's close here, Garrett, is you had Zach Ertz averaging 11.6 point game points per game. Dallas Goddard averaging 12.6 points per game. Now, when it comes to other tight end positions, if, you're, if you want to be closer, guys are out there like Tyler Conklin, right? Tight end number seven overall. Something we talked about in the preseason. He's averaging 9.2 points per game. You get him for almost nothing. Uh, Hayden Hurst averaging almost nine points per game. He can go out there and, and, and be, ha- be be got. You can't get Pat Firemuth, who's averaging 10. Um, David Njoku may be off a re- reloading team. I highly doubt that. Um, but, I mean, 
I think the good thing here, Garrett, is even though you lost those two high, the, the, the number three and four guys, outside of those guys, everybody else is pretty much in the same realm right. of tight end, like whether they're scoring on a points per game basis. So even though you're not going to get the same, the, the same production back, you're going to be on an equal playing field for everybody that doesn't have Mark Andrews, who doesn't have Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermuth, Cole Komet, and David Njoku, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And even, I mean... And Kittle. And Kittle. And, and even outside of, honestly, Andrews and Kelsey, it's really not even that big of a step up or step down uh, from that, that tier that you just talked about of Njoku and Kittle and all those guys. Like, those guys are averaging a few more points a game, but most of them aren't super consistent. You know, it's it's a 18-point game there, but then a seven-point game there. And, you know, like just the, the position in and of itself is is absolutely brutal. It does open up an interesting window here, though, uh, for, for Trey McBride. Trey McBride, the first tight end off the board, uh, Mackey Award winner. Any, like... Are you wanting to try? Like, obviously, now is probably a tough time to acquire him because whoever had him is excited and he's going to be playing and whatnot. But do you expect good things for him, or do you think it's just going to be uh, he'll be out there running around? But most of those targets are still going to go to Nuke and Rondell Moore. Yeah, I mean, I think okay. Here's the encouraging thing: one, he's a rookie tight end, so it's kind of really hard to produce when you're a rookie tight end altogether for all the information you have to intake. But the encouraging sign was when he went out, he played like. 99% of the snaps, whatever. It was like 54 out of 55 snaps. Trey McBride came in and played. So that's a positive. Um, you know, but the negative is he's a rookie. Uh, he's going to be much harder to acquire now. And I don't think I'd want to pay that price tag when I can literally go out and get Tyler Conklin or Hayden Hurst for like pennies on a dollar or maybe right. a Jawan Johnson, you know, uh, for pennies on a dollar. As a Trey McBride uh, owner, yeah, like you're really excited because now he has an opportunity. Maybe see what he's going to be used here. But Marquise Brown's going to be back soon too, so that's sure. going to kind of like push him to the side. And have this three-headed monster at receiver, which is going to be Rondale Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, and Marquise Brown. So I mean, I, I'm not. I don't think. I don't think that's the avenue I'm going, Garrett. Like I'm just going to go find again all the guys I kind of named, right? Like maybe a Gerald Everett, but guys are going to be in a better position to just give me those. I think Jawan Johnson's a really good guy to go out and get for pennies on a yeah. dollar. I think um, I think Hayden Hurst with Jamar Chase being out. I mean, Jamar Chase is still on crutches. So I think Hayden Hurst is like a really good guy to go get as they start to compete for the AFC North as well. Though That's the avenue I'm going. As a Trey McBride owner, I'm just... I'm just happy now Ertz is gone to see how he, he can kind of translate here in the second half of the season. Would you, if you are a contender, uh, and this seems a little bit counterintuitive, but I was thinking about this earlier today. Obviously, Zach Ertz seems to have basically no value now. Like this crushed his value. He's an older player, end of his career. If you're a contender, though, would you throw out your like third round pick to whatever team had him? to bring him on your roster for, for next season? Or is that, is that thinking, is that a little too much galaxy brain thinking too far ahead? No, if I'm a tight end premium league, I'd throw my late third out there to get, get again. I mean, he was a, at the end of last year with the, uh, the Cardinals, he was a top three tight end this year. He's a top three fancy tight end as well. So yeah, why not? I mean, that's worth a gamble, a late third, anything that I love giving up late thirds for anybody's in position to, dominate the following year. So right. yeah, I would do that. I think 
Yeah, I'll give up a late third for next year. Uh, I target some of those middle of the guys. I think one player, Garrett, that I would kind of like maybe slightly, I don't even think it's an overpay. Here, let me ask you this. Tight end premium, you're you're somewhere in the middle or you have a middle and second. Would you give would you easily give up that? What would you how much would you give up for Greg Dulcich in Denver? Oof. I I like Greg Dulcich quite a bit. Um it's it's Yeah, me too. It's it's funny that you mentioned him because in the Nerd Herd episode, we have a we have a pick'em challenge, and I'm curious to see where where you're gonna where you're gonna go on him. So let's save it. Let's save it for the nerd herd episode. Uh because I Yeah. All right, because I got, I got a couple of thoughts on why like I think he's the one to trade I, for too, like an overpay. So turn to the nerd episode why I think it's an overpay. I, I would overpay for Greg Dulcich today, and I'll I'll talk about it why on the nerd episode. Okay, perfect, perfect, absolutely. Uh, last couple, and of one of it has to do with the next injury. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next yeah, injury. exactly. Uh, Jerry Judy ankle. It looked really bad at first. I mean, he just like fell down. And you're like, oh no. This is Achilles. This is an ACL. This is, you know, and it's just a ankle week to week. I, I guess it's not a big deal. Like I thought it was. Dude, I thought I got clipped by, uh, you know, somewhere from Greek mythology. It was like Achilles coming out there with the tro, you know, the arrow, like, bloop, you know, there it is. Brad Pitt laying on the ground, Achilles. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it turns out it's like, ah, uh, it wasn't that bad. He's just day to day, week to week, not day to day, but week to week. So, I mean, it's good news yeah. for, uh, Judy owners, I guess, but he's out. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think a, I don't think a contender is crying because I don't I don't really think he was helping you that much. No, there weren't many pieces in Denver helping you this year. Unfortunately, isn't it crazy how much that shifted? Like coming into the year, we're like the AFC West is going to be ridiculous. Now the Raiders are one of the worst teams in football. The Broncos have been miserable. The Chargers have just been fine, and then the the Chiefs are the Chiefs. But it went from looking like this epic, unreal division to being such a disappointment. Such a massive disappointment. Yeah. But hey, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I said it earlier early in the year. You have to go for the title when you can because you never know, you never know. what it's going to look like. I mean, Garrett, we're like in mid-November and football started in early September. Uh-huh. And how different everything looks in just two months, let alone 365 days from now. You know right, what I mean? Like right. it's, it, it's insane. And you know, you lose Jerry Judy, but Jerry Judy, I mean, he's wide receiver 41 on a year. Like, what do you, what are you losing? How much a wide receiver four? Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that championship hunter. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, Who else is hurt? uh, this, this one hurts a little bit. Khalil Herbert, who was having a really nice year, uh, looking like he was kind of starting to not take over the job, but he was really cutting into Montgomery's work quite a bit. Uh, he's headed to the IR. He's going to miss some time uh, with a hip injury. You mentioned David Montgomery earlier uh, when, when we were in the open. We saw this kind of happen with uh, David Montgomery a couple years ago where Tariq Cohen got hurt and it was – a softer and, and I'll double check up, but I believe he has a softer like playoff schedule and end of the year schedule compared to some other teams. And he ended up finishing the year as running back four, like out of nowhere. He's never done anything close to that since. Could, could he be like the ultimate buy right now? Listen, I have a league that somebody's like, if you, and he, he keeps putting out there, it's like a second and third. I will auto accept for David Montgomery right now. And I looked, I don't have a second and third. And I don't need a running back, but I'm like, oh, I wish I could get David Montgomery for a second and third because 
Yeah, man. He's when he went down, David Montgomery got all the snaps again. They get all the snaps, kind of like going back to anything. It's it's just, it's a situation where you have a running back going into the second half of this fantasy football season, this dynasty fantasy football season. You can say, if you count it all the way to the ship, we're in the second half, right? This is almost pretty much right around the halfway, slightly over the halfway mark. You have a running back that's in position to get all the carries on a rising team, right? Like where things are drastically starting to change and kind of open up because of the quarterback's development. Anytime you can get a running back that's going to get all the passing down work, get all the carries, that's a championship caliber running back. And we have two of them right now that just emerge between our eyes. And it's James Conner and it's uh, David Montgomery. So, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about my sleeper by the week, right? And we're going to say, hey, let's talk about our sleeper by the week. Sleeper, the number one platform out there for fantasy football. Uh, get out there, check it out, download it. But you're talking about play like two. I have two buys of the week essentially, and these are just mid-season championship caliber buys, and I'm paying the cost. It's David Montgomery, which right now in a league I'm going for a second and third, and I can't imagine that James Connor's price tag is that much different as well. And we're talking about two guys that are now in position to get all their carries with Khalil Herbert going to IR, Eno Benjamin being cut off of the Arizona Cardinals, putting Keon. Ketoni Ingram as a number two running back. Keontae You're talking about Ingram. two players are going to get a lot. Keontae Ingram. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I could not remember his how to pronounce his first name. Um, they're going to get a ton of the carries. Khalil, Khalil Herbert goes down. J- David Montgomery gets all the carries. James, James, James Conner last week played over 95% of the snaps for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, just dominated the workload. And those guys that get the workload, we see it year in and year out. That's all it takes. You don't have to be a special talent. You can just be a jag. That's all you have to be. But if you get all the workload, you are going to be a running back one when it's all said and done on average per game basis. So I'm buying both those guys. They're both my sleeper buy of the week. Like, who does not need running back help? Who does not need a guy to set themselves up for the second half push? And he, these are guys like, even if I have two running backs, but that's all I have, and say my third running back is, I'm in a league. I have Saquon Barkley, and I have Joe Mixon. But that's it. Like, my other backup running backs are Melvin Gordon and Michael Carter. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, in that league, if I had a position to get James Conner, if I have a position to get Mark David Montgomery, I'm going out to get those guys immediately. And maybe I won't need to play them. And I hope that I don't need to play them, but two things here. One, I might need to play him. Or two, maybe by the time the playoffs are coming, they're averaging better games, points per game basis than Joe Mixon. Probably not Saquon, but maybe Joe Mixon. Um, but the main point is, like kind of like I talked about earlier in the ship, is like as you make this push, like you're, like you're not just looking at your <laughs> roster how it is as a starting roster. Like where are your potential weaknesses if somebody goes down? You want to start inquiring depth here. So, like, when we give you our sleeper by the week, it's like, oh, I don't need I'm good at running back or I'm good at receiver. Yeah, you are today, but what about week 15, 16, 17, where it really, really matters? These are two guys that can help you now immediately or help you down the road. So, I like both David Montgomery and James Conner Garrett as my buy of the week for sleeper. No, great buys. I'm 100% with you. I actually... Was fortunate enough to buy David Montgomery two weeks ago before we knew this was going to happen. So the price tag was very inexpensive. Uh, so I am thrilled with that now. Last two injuries real quick. What'd you pay? Uh, what's that? What'd you pay for Montgomery? Uh, it was just a late second. That was it. 
Okay. The price tag today in my league is a super flex setting premium. It's just a second and a third. So, like, we didn't see that much of a price increase with the Khalil Herbert news. Right, right. Uh, last two injuries real quick. This one uh, doesn't look like it's too bad, but Leonard Fournette, hip injury. Uh, they have a bye week this week, but it's it was already stated that it, he's likely to be back uh, for their next game, which will be uh, against the Cleveland football Browns, so he'll probably have a, a million yards. But uh, we'll talk about him and Rashad White here in a little bit in the Nerd Herd episode. And then uh, last one, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, got that real nasty-looking concussion. Hopefully, he's going to be better Who soon. Who cares? Uh, we, better for what? He, you know, he was actually performing very well. Tons I'll of get out of here very well. Uh, did you see his Suck last game before the concussion? Go do a TikTok dance on your ass on the bench. You suck. Oh, my gosh. It's the meanest thing I think I've ever said about something on the podcast. <laughs> I've been talking so much smack about Juju for a while now. It's been well-deserved. He hasn't proved me wrong yet, so I won't shut up until he starts producing. I really thought he was going to go to the Chiefs and be some stud. I was like, get out of here. This guy's well, no good. I mean, garbage. we are talking about a very scary concussion he had this week, so just saying. Well, Halloween's over, Gary. So, Garrett, so I'm not... Let's call you Gary. Gary. Listen here, Gary. <laughs> Halloween's over. I'm no longer here for scary stuff. All right, Richard. Fat on turkey and stuffing. Yeah, thank you so much for calling me my proper name. It's my English name. Uh, Captain Richard. Richard. All right, let's move on. Uh, do your read, and then we'll get into your guy. All right, because, yeah, I, I need to gloat here. Uh, all right, prediction strike. That's right, prediction strike. Uh, we, we talk about them every week. I talk about them specifically every week. I personally use this platform. I'm on there. I have guys that I, that I'm buying, that I'm selling just like I would the stock market. And we're talking all the time about, Hey, here's people that you want to buy low. Hey, here's guys to sell. Now it's the same type of process on this app. That's right. I said app. You can get the prediction strike app. You can go on there, use the promo code dynasty, get yourself a free share of a player. It's really fun. It's really exciting. And it's not just football. They have other sports on there too. So it's not like once the NFL season's over, oh, can't use prediction strike anymore. Nope. You can go on there, do NBA stuff, MLB, all kinds of fantastic stuff. Go on there, predictionstrike.com. Use the app, promo code DYNASTY. <clears throat> so after starting the season incredibly slow, Cole Komet has scored five touchdowns in the last three games. Who? Cole Komet? What's his house out? What's his outlook and where should he be ranked? Oh, five touchdowns in three games? Man. Man. Tight end yeah, one. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty so, good. So all jokes aside, uh, obviously I was I was ecstatic. Like watching the past couple weeks. I almost put something on the show sheet about Cole Komet last week, and I was like, I don't want to do this prematurely. It's only three touchdowns in two games. Like, yes, that's good. That's exciting. That's promising. But I don't want to like get ahead of myself. Once we saw this happen again this week, two more touchdowns this week. Uh, I, I'm I'm ecstatic. We we see Justin Fields is blossoming into a superstar right before our eyes. Obviously, him and Cole Komet they have history together. They're playing well together. And the other thing that I like too is it's it's not just you know yes there's been some big plays and things like that, but he's starting to get the targets again, just like he did last year, where he was the seventh most targeted. Uh, tight end in the league last year we're seeing that again now that they're passing the ball more six and seven targets the past couple weeks so it's it's not only the big plays he is getting a lot of looks and so uh, it's at the point now where he is starting to enter 
that tier of not the top tier where you know you have Kelsey and Andrews and and you know Pitts for dynasty purposes, but he's entering that next tier of guys. Rich for you because obviously I'm I'm biased. I love Cole Komet. I've been talking about him for multiple years now on the show. Where do you see him? Somebody that likes Cole Komet but is not as as much of a fanatic as I am. Like a more rational mind on this. Where do you have him? Yeah, I mean, I, I've i always liked Cole Komet. I mean, coming out, we loved his uh, dual athlete profile. Um, I've always been a fan of Cole Komet. Obviously, I'm not a fanatic like you are, but I like Cole Komet a lot. Um, I think these last two weeks, I mean, definitely for somebody like you, it's very easy to get excited, right? Because there's a lot of things that's gone right here. He, he went from a situation where over the first seven weeks of the season, the guy didn't have a touchdown at all. And now he's tied for like the second most touchdowns amongst tight ends because it's because of these last couple of weeks right. where he's got the five touchdowns. Um, we, we talk about, you mentioned Justin Fields. He's been a huge improvement now these last couple of weeks, which have now translated over to Cole Komet. We saw his target share per route has now more than doubled. It's almost tripled. He was like in a low 10%. Now he's a little bit closer to 30. I think it's a little bit down like 26.5% somewhere in there <laughs> per PFF, but it's closer to that 30%. So he's seeing three times more targets than he was before now that Justin Fields is actually throwing the football more because they weren't throwing the football at all before, and that hurt him. Now, I think it's really good to be excited, but we have to expect some regression here a little bit because sure. those touchdowns are not sustainable. That pace no. is not sustainable. But that's fine. When you talk about average per game amongst tight ends, we said before, if you're averaging 10 points per game as a tight end, then you're a very solid tight end one Like from that aspect. It's about just getting over that hump of 10 points per game, which is Cole Komet easily could do because he's the number one target on this team, essentially. Like he's the Travis Kelsey for Justin Fields, which is great news for Cole Komet owners. And one of the reasons why I liked him so much in the beginning of the year, and I know you love him too, but one of the reasons why I saw that path for success was like any other path for success for any tight end. It's just target share, target share, target share. That's all that matters. Um, I mean, I guess for the most part, most players, but for tight ends especially because these aren't guys that are overly electric with the ball in right. their hands, right? Because they're bigger guys. Uh, they're not as fast. So usually we get the ball. It's not like they're out here making these giant dynamic plays afterwards. You'll see one here and one there. But for the most part, catch the ball, go a little bit tackled, right? So it's just about target share and receptions. And with the, the, the increase here with Cole Komet and being the number one option, yeah, that's a high-end tight end. It wouldn't surprise me none whatsoever, Garrett, if by the end of the, from this point going forward, especially if you let if you take out take these last couple of weeks out of it where he scored the five touchdowns because those are outlier weeks. Let's start this week going forward that Cole commits a top five fantasy football tight end for the rest of the season. And yeah, I continually will like Cole Komet until this roster changes. You have an up and coming uh, quarterback. You have a running back situation that's completely murky after 2022. They're most yeah. likely going to draft a running back. Wouldn't surprise me if Jameer Gibbs or B. John Robinson's on this team, or they're going to sign somebody because it's a huge free agent class as well outside of David Montgomery. Their receiving core is a huge mystery as well. There's no young guy on there that has a path to be the number one guy. Darnell Mooney, I've been saying for the last two years, is a solid receiver, but like a really good number two receiver. They need that number one receiver. And honestly, I'd prefer Darnell Mooney to be a number three receiver on that team, preferably, which puts Cole Komet as that number two receiver. And honestly, with Cole Komet, I'm okay without there just going again that number one guy, right? Like go get uh, either a stud rookie or sign somebody this offseason uh, and bring them in. So 
Cole Komet, with the player profile that he has and the position of target share that he's going to see, then I'm I'm very excited. Like, very, very excited for any Cole Komet share, share I have because he's going to be a difference maker. And he's going to be a difference maker for the rest of this year. And then hopefully that translates over to 2023 and 2024 and 2025. And he can, uh, can kind of enter this next ech- echelon of, like, basically like Zach Ertz, right? Like kind of yeah. being that TJ Hawkinson realm. Like now it's like, it's TJ Hawkinson, it's David Njoku, and it's Cole Komet, right? That's that next tier of young tight ends that you want to get a, uh, a and, and Dallas Goddard, of course, too. Sure. Like when you have Kyle Pitts, you have Mark Andrews, you have Travis Kelsey, outside of those three guys, I mean, it's Hawkinson, it's all those guys I just mentioned, Komet, like those are the guys that Kittle. I look at. I'd, I'd throw great uh, Kittle, but even Kittle, you know, at 28, the way that offense works, like, Killer just got the talent. It's just about the target share. Now that they have two running backs, two receivers, and health, like, I think Kittle's a premier ta- uh, talent, but I think he'll, he'll never be that guy that we once thought he was as tight end one overall just because there's not enough targets. Like, I want to see George Kittle get traded somewhere, right? right. Like, he could be the number one right. guy. Like, so, like, for me, I mean, I'd put, I would put Kittle in the same tier as Cole Komet. If you're like, I know this sounds crazy, Garrett, but like in a dynasty league, if you're like, hey, you can have Cole Komet right now and George Kittle uh, and George Kittle, and you could probably get Cole Komet plus. Like, I want the Cole Komet plus. I do too. Like, I want I want David Njoku plus. Like, I want these guys to have a much better opportunity for the target share yeah, than George Kittle because that's what I'm worried about. Because at tight end, you're shooting, you're shooting for ceiling because like, oh, I'm going to yeah. settle for 10 points a game. Well, Anybody can get to 10 points a game, eight points a game. You know, like anybody can be in that eight to 10 point range. You're shooting for the chance to get the one or two guys, you know, on a great year, maybe it's four, you know, but that that top tier of guys that you can get 14, 15 plus points per game, that's what you're shooting for. And I think Cole Komet's one of the few that has the opportunity to maybe get to that point. Willie, I don't know, but at least give me the guy that has the shot to get to that point. Yeah, otherwise you're just drafting, you're just going to get Juwan Johnson, Tyler Higby, Hayden Hurst, and right. you know Tyler Conklin. You know what I mean? Like you don't want those guys. You want the difference makers or the opportunity to make a difference. It's just and taking Hunter Cole Henry forever, so, basically. <laughs> well, dude, he'll probably maybe he'll be with that twenty. I mean, he's only 26, <laughs> 27, so he, or somewhere around there. He's not Hunter Henry's not even that old. He, he's not, um, but he still has a chance of, he's he's not going anywhere though. He's gonna be in, in New England and I have a hard time imagining he's going to get much more than like 11 points per game. Uh, that's true too. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Cole Komet. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm excited because I know you've been preaching him so hard on the show. So I'm excited for our listeners that went out there and acquired Cole Komet. Um, again, I've always been a Cole yeah. Komet fan. I've never, ever said, Oh Garrett, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I no, like and Matt has as well. Same bandwagon. Yeah. yeah. Matt has as well. Yeah. So, we've all been, we've all been fans of his to, to an ex- a certain extent. So uh, yeah, I would pay. I would, I mean, here, let me put it this way, Gary. If I was a contender <clears throat> and I'm in a tight end, super flex tight end premium league, I would consider giving up a late first for Kokomet. I like it in a tight end premium. I think I would as well. Those guys are too hard. I mean, like you said, I mean, you're looking for that. You want to have a piece of that group, right? Like you just want to have a piece of that group and is Komet risky. Yeah. For that price. But like, where else are you going to get it? Like, can you get Greg Dulcich for less? Probably. And you can go that route too. But I think out of all the guys we mentioned, nobody has a clearer path to targets right now than Cole Komet. And that's what I'm, that's the number one thing I'm looking for at yep. tight end. Like who has the clearest path 
the targets. It's why Darren Waller was so good in Oakland. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, who has the clearest path? It's it, We don't need analytics here. We don't need all this analytical breakdowns. Like, this is a very, when you talk about tight ends, it's a very clear picture that's painted here. It's a color by number, right? Like, you know where to put the paint. Right. And it's target share. Like, it's a clear, like, that's what you want. There's a reason Mark Andrews is so dominant because he gets all the targets. Yep. You know, Travis Kelsey is an outlier. He's a freak athlete and he gets lots of targets. You know what I mean? He's so good after the catch. But outside, year in, year out, it's just the guys that gets the targets. That's all you're looking for. And the younger they are and the more clear path they have for the future to be the number one guy, then that's what I'm looking for. So right now, Cole Komet is that guy. What Minnesota gave up for TJ Hawkinson and Adam Thielen's age, TJ Hawkinson's that guy. Um, Dallas Goddard's a really good athlete with, with, in a good situation. Even though he has two good receivers ahead of him, he falls in that bill. David Njoku, when, when they come back, I know we've seen a, a good bump in Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I love it, but when Deshaun Watson comes, David Njoku yep. has that path, right? Like, that's what we're looking for. And Cole Komet is, to me, the leader of the pack. So when I say a 23 first late in a Superflex league for Cole Komet, sounds a little crazy, but that's what the true value is. Um, and I did it for Dallas Goddard a couple of years ago. I mean, I have zero regrets about it. And I gave up a 23 first two years ago for Dallas Goddard. And I literally have zero regrets about it whatsoever. Nope. I totally understand that. Goddard's been one of the few consistent pieces and he's really pushing that envelope to like enter that top tier, uh, of players. Uh, we have, we have a little bit more time left here. We have a bunch to cover. So if we don't get to it all, we can push some of it to the nerd herd episode, uh, but somebody else that, uh, you know, talk about breakout. We, we, we know, we know Cole Komet, huge breakout the past few weeks, but uh, their biggest rival, the Green Bay Packers, they had a wide receiver breakout this week. Christian Watson. He was, I mean, he was banged up all season. There were starting to be the whispers of, you know, is this guy kid a bust? Can he not hack it? And then all of a sudden three touchdown game help led, uh, help lead the team uh, in, in, basically every category there eight targets which is a solid target number two what do we do with christian watson because it went from complete famine to complete feast overnight yeah i mean dude just what is it two weeks ago i said what are the odds that christian watson of all these receivers talking about was the bust of the group you know it's like it's him and sky Moore that haven't looked good uh lately but you know if you have christian watson you high five yourself because it, you're, you're static i mean Again, like what? Like what are we doing here, though? Like it's week ten of his rookie year. Like so, oh no! It took him ten weeks to do some production, and outside of that, he was hurt. Like he wasn't even right. healthy. Like he was hurt for most of the year. So you're talking about a guy that was only coming down plays for about seventeen percent of like the routes that were in there. And he comes out, he's fully healthy. He's playing about eighty five percent now uh, of the routes, and he's seeing a great target share, right? Like right around forty percent of the targets as well which is massive for Aaron Rodgers. And we're just waiting for what Aaron Rodgers, like who's going to be this guy. And we're like, and anything that we saw, we're like grass man versus preseason. Oh, it's going to be Alan Lazard. It's got to be Alan Lazard. Right. right. And then like Romeo dubs, like, Oh, it's, it's Romeo dubs. It's Romeo dubs. But this is a guy who's a, he was taking top five in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that they, they, they really liked a player that was coming out of an FCS school that needed time, no matter what, um, had all the speed in the world, but just had to get through injuries and get a chance to get in the field. So he's just now getting a chance to be healthy and get on the field. Like this is, 
So, I mean, what you're excited about is like, okay, he's finally healthy. He's finally on the field. This is a team that needs him to succeed because of how the draft capital is spent on him. This is a team that needs him to succeed because they don't have any other receivers. So they're invested in fully. And then all of a sudden, finally he's healthy and finally he's on the field and he's producing with one of the best quarterbacks of this past decade. And we're going to sit here and like pretend we're color me shocked or like, Oh wow. What a, what a come out of nowhere game. No, this guy was taken extremely high in the second round. Like there's a reason he went the first round of your rookie drafts, right? Because this is what you were hoping for to be the number one guy with Aaron Rodgers in green Bay with speed. They can get past the defenders, take the top off, catch the football. That's the speed. When he does a quick slant route in the end zone, he could beat the defender, get past the linebacker and catch that quick touchdown from a very accurate quarterback. He's going to put the ball where it needs to be. All he has to do is hold on. That's the only thing we had to ever worry about is Christian Watson. One, to take his route running up a game here in the NFL and to make sure he can catch the football. He showed us this past week that he could do that. And with his target share, with his route participation, I mean, will we see 32-point games every single week? No. But now we're going to probably start seeing anywhere five to ten catches per week for anywhere from 60 to 130 yards. And probably his touchdown ratio is going to go up drastically. It's why Devontae Adams was so good every year, too, right. is he's got a ton of touchdowns because he was Aaron Rodgers' man. And now it looks like Christian Watson has a chance to be Aaron Rodgers' man. So I'm ecstatic. I mean, so what am I doing with him? If I have him, I'm jumping up for joy. If I have an opportunity to trade for him, I would trade for well, him, absolutely. Let, let me ask you this, because the trades for him right now on the Dynasty GM – uh, the, the trade finder section of the GM here, uh, which I use all the time to kind of see like, am I crazy? Am I not crazy? Is this the right range for the player that I'm thinking? So uh, it's a fantastic tool if you haven't used it, but they're all over the place. Like people's valuation of him is clearly uh, skewed one way or another. So here's the first one, Brian Robinson or Christian Watson. Oh, Watson by exactly. Years. Okay. Next one, Christian Watson in a 23 first for Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. That's, what, that's where I came out on that one, too. Uh, Christian Watson, James Cook for DeAndre Hopkins. Depends where my team is. Re- rebuild. If I'm a contender, I want DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm reloading, I want uh, Christian Watson. Okay. This one, I do. I mean, obviously, it's 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 kind of straight up because James Cook doesn't move the needle whatsoever. Right. Th- this one was another odd one to me. Christian Watson or Tyler Higby? Christian, Christian Watson, Watson easily by a thousand years. Yeah. yeah so easily. so that's the thing. Like, I, I I brought up Christian Watson's name. I think like a week ago or two weeks ago. I said, hey, man, like <clears throat> I think was it, I think it was our I don't know if it was our show or a guest show it was on, but I was saying like. You know, Christian Watson's like the perfect name. I, I swear, I think it was just our show last week, Garrett, maybe where I was like, if you're trading for something and you're going to take gambles on players like some, like, was it, what were we talking about? Like, just giving players like a wave, like, just take what you can get and like, get guys that have offer upside like Christian oh, yeah. Watson, yeah. who had, up to that point had done nothing. And I was like, dude, go get Christian Watson. Like, Might as well. Maybe you can't get anything for like, like, say like this player, like, it seems like you're taking a gamble, but like, go at least get some upside. And Christian Watson was like that perfect guy for upside. And here we are a week later, like, oh, look at all that upside. Yep. My, cup, my cup is overflowing with so much upside. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's talk about one last guy, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Twitter was kind of up in arms uh, on Sunday night after Christian McCaffrey's usage. 
only 34% of the rush attempts. Now, obviously, he was involved in the receiving game and, uh, you know, things like that. But but even at the goal line, and I remember, you know, I think I even tweeted something out. I was surprised at the end of the game, last two minutes, they had they had Elijah Mitchell in there near the goal line, not uh, Christian McCaffrey. Is this concerning to you at all that it might actually be a timeshare? Because I remember when we were talking uh, about the trade, we had said, we don't think this moves the needle much. You know, some people were like, he has now just entered a whole nother tier. This is incredible. There's other people that were kind of a little more subdued like this, like us. I didn't hear too many people that actually thought this was bad. There might have been one or two out there, but there weren't too many people that thought this was bad. Could this possibly be bad for his value? I mean, it's not good for his value if you have Chris McCaffrey. It's not what you want to see. But, I mean, it goes back to any other it's, – that's any running back. Like, you want to see get all the carries. You want to see get all the touches. It's not going to happen here in San Francisco because now Elijah Mitchell's going to get some carries. Debo Samuel got four carries. Uh, I'm not worried about the goal line work because uh, Christian McCaffrey still got most of the goal line work still there, um, which was nice. But And the coach came out and said, listen, we're going to give both these guys uh, carries. And honestly, Elijah Mitchell's a really good running back. He looked back. good in the uh, game. He was, at, he was more effective than Christian McCaffrey. And... That's an issue. But I, I, oh, who was it? Put it? Was it Josh Dangle? I can't remember who put the tweet out. They're like, all these people talking about Christian McCaffrey, all this and that. Like, does it even matter? Because you're going to start, if you have Christian McCaffrey, you're putting him in your lineup every it's, single it's week. True. That's how I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's there's no point of even talking about it. Well, um, the reason the reason why it does matter, though, because overall, you're right, for especially for, you know, uh, you know, starting lineups and stuff like that. Like, absolutely. But, there are people trying to make trades as far as, you know, trying to make contender trades and things like that right now. And Christian McCaffrey could be a target. Is it is it scaring you off trying to acquire him on a contender, knowing that you're going to have to pay, you know, a top five running back price? Oh, because he's still Christian McCaffrey. He's still 26 years old. He's still dynamic. Elijah Mitchell's got a, a history <laughs> of getting hurt. Like he's he's been hurt a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey's bread and butter is in the passing game. So, no, I'm not scared to acquire. Listen, I'm a square to cut. I'm scared to acquire any running back, to be honest with you, for top five pricing. I mean, I it's got to be like a young stud, right? Like, it's got to be like Saquon Barkley. It's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Like, for me to go pay like premium pricing, like, I'm not doing that for like a 20, soon to be 27 year old running back, like a Nick Chubb, a Christian McCaffrey. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying premium pricing. Like, I'll pay it first. For Christian McCaffrey, but listen, man, yeah, it's it, there's worries because you have an offense where you have a lot of true playmakers, like special players, with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brendan Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey, and there's only so many balls to go around, and you have, and, and now you would throw Elijah Mitchell in that workload and. Kyle Shan saying, yeah, he's going to get, we, we're going to scheme Elijah Mitchell in there because they're trying to win football games. They're not trying to win fantasy football games. They're trying to win NFL games. And you're just trying to get the ball in these players' hands. And I said, they're going to give Debo Samuel carries too. He got four carries. So are the days of Christian McCaffrey getting 30 points per game over? Probably. probably. So. You know what I mean? They're probably over. Um, he's probably going to enter that mid range, the low end running back one numbers right around there. Probably like, you hope he just gets schemed more in the passing game and he can dominate there because then he'll be then he's then he's gonna be insulated. But yeah, I mean it hurts, but I mean, 
at this point, if you're a McCaffrey owner, you're just happy he's on the damn field, right? Like yeah. you haven't had him for two years. So go, give me low end running back numbers. Maybe this helps McCaffrey stay on the field and going forward. Like that's what he needs. Like he needs a reduced workload just so he's not overworked. He's not getting all these injuries and just be happy with what you got. And yeah, so 30 point per games are probably gone until Elijah Mitchell gets hurt again. And he'll have a couple of big games because he's Christian McCaffrey. But yeah. And you, and you shouldn't pay top five pricing for him, Garrett. Like there's, and to be honest with you, you shouldn't pay top five pricing and their names aren't like, again, you know, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, um, Saquon Barkley, maybe Kenneth Walker, probably not. You know right. what I mean? Like it's a, it's a short list. The, the, yeah. Dynasty is not a, a game you should be playing where you're, you're overpaying for running backs. It's just not because it's a bad investment. It's, there's, it's not a long-term investment. It's a bad investment. It's a very high-risk investment. You're, you're only doing it just, simply if you are a running back away from being the number one contender in your league. Like That's really the only correct. time you make that yeah. trade because you draft them otherwise. That, that's where you go acquire them is you acquire them through the draft. So, uh, you. Yeah, and, and you're right. If you try to trade, trade, trade McCaffrey, he's got a slight dip. Like if, But if you want to trade McCaffrey, the time was – his first whole game in San Francisco where he had 30 points again, he was throwing touchdown, catching touchdowns, and rushing touchdowns. If there's any time you want to trade him, that was the time. Real, real quick. That window will probably open real up quick, again. To finish out the show, look at a couple of these trades again. Uh, Christian McCaffrey or a 24 first, a 25 first, and a 24 second. Which side would you rather have in a vacuum? I would probably, probably want the picks. Yeah. But again, it depends on my team. Like, if I need Christian McCaffrey to win, I'm not giving rid of McCaffrey. So, like, it all comes down to that. I'll give up almost any running back for two first round right. picks. Uh, it, do, it does hurt a little bit. That it, like, literally, almost any running back. It does hurt back. a little bit that it's not in 23, so you got to wait two years um, to get both picks. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, see, I don't mind those picks, man. Like, some <clears> people get so caught. Like, here's the thing when, like, I like the mystery of trading for like 24, if I get 25 picks, because if you trade for a 23 pick and he's a contender, Definitely now, like you know, that's that, that's guaranteed right. a, a right. mid to late, probably late first. Twenty four. Definitely you get a twenty five. You have no idea where that could be. Could be. That could be one 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 two. You have like it, it's actually. I know it sounds dumb, and I know they're depreciating value, but like I would much rather trade for contenders. Like if somebody's like, "Hey, I'm a contender. I'll give you my twenty three first. If he's a true contender, and I love you know I love the twenty three class. I would much rather say. Ah, do go ahead and keep your 23 first. Like, I'm doing him a favor. How about you just give me a 24 first instead? And then on top of that, give me a 25 second. Because now I have next year for their team, which is, if they're a contender, probably older, has a much better chance to fall apart and increase my draft capital. So, like, when I deal with contenders, I would actually prefer, you know what I mean? Like, future first. Like, I think think it's actually a really good strategy in Dynasty when people are trying to, like, oh, give me my 23 first and you're a contender. I'm like, no, dude, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. Like, I don't want just give me a 24 pick, which would be a good class too. And 25 will probably be a good class too. And 26, we'll be talking about how much we like those prospects. So I would much rather kick the can down, uh, down the lane. And then I also don't know where my team would be then too, down the lane too. Right. So like those pet, like the one thing that's not going to lose value, Garrett is first round. No, picks, the only game right? value. Like those are insulated. No, no matter what they're insulated. So like I might, I might need those picks in 25. You know what I mean? Or, it also gives me more ammo, my gun, where now like next year where that class is even closer, I have more trade bait to give now too for to get stuff in return. So 
don't think we've ever talked about this show, but like the stra- that strategy, like we should probably talk about that more in depth at one time in the future. Like, yeah, just trade for get get as much in the future sometimes as possible. Yeah, no, I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate that. A uh, couple other really quick ones. Uh, would you rather have Christian McCaffrey and Mike Williams or DeAndre Swift, Drake London, and a 23 first? Christian McCaffrey and Mike Williams or Drake London, DeAndre Swift, and a 23 first? Oh, even though I think DeAndre Swift, it's funny now. I, if you're just tuning in for the first time and I say this, it sounds like I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, now you say this. I've said this for literally 12 months now. I feel like DeAndre Swift's the most overrated uh, fantasy football dynasty running back out there, even though I still have him ranked really high. But I've literally said this for 12 months. It's been documented on this show and every guest show I've ever done. Um, but I would easily take DeAndre Swift and Drake London there over uh, Christian McCaffrey and yep. Mike Williams. I'd almost just want, I mean, just Drake London alone there makes it sound like both both those players in standalone value, like it's it's like, oh, maybe those guys. Yeah. And then you, know you get the 23 so first. Then to combine, it's a, it's a slam yeah, you dunk. you get the 23 first. Wait, and you get 23 yeah. first? Wow, dude, if somebody offered that trade to me, like I would have to like clean myself off in the midsection <laughs> before I could like hit accept. I'd be so excited. Like, that's what a trade. Oh my god. I I'm almost done just well, thinking about it. In that case, we better we better wrap up and get ready for the nerd herd show. Give give you a little break. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. We got a lot more to talk about. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. We'll be back next week for the holiday show. I will not be here. Uh, it'll be Matt and Garrett as I'll be celebrating the week uh, with my friends and family. Uh, like I said, I'll be in Buffalo. If you're in there, hit me up on Twitter. Maybe you can grab a bear. I'd love to see somebody go through a table. Um, <laughs> love those lines. You know, you met Garrett mentioned the trade finder. You got now's the best time to join the nerd herd. If you have not thought about it yet, because as we get closer to the, the, the making these trades, the season comes to end. All the rookie films get in the film room to start watching these rookies. The Dynasty GM is about to launch a 2.0 here next month. Uh, so many tools to help you because this is Dynasty. It's not 365. Like this part of the season is important, but every day is important. And we have all the tools to help walk you through 365 days of the year of playing Dynasty. No matter what seems important at the time, we have that tool for you that makes that you're in the best position over your league mates to be making the right decisions and better decisions. So check us out. Join the Nerd Herd. You see the sign behind me here. It, it, it's the best thing you'll ever do for the price of a cup of coffee, man. Like, literally, it's just the price of a cup of coffee. You're going to have the coolest Dynasty tools at your disposal. You're going to get all the rookie film that you could possibly handle. And you get an extra podcast to kind of help you when you are uh, just want something to listen to. Uh, you get the Nerd Podcast, which is definitely important when we do our rookie breakdowns because, um, you know, we do half of the rookies on the bone, the nerd herd podcast. So check us out there. Join the nerd herd. We appreciate the support growing the game of dynasty together. And if you, if you get a chance to leave us a rate or review on uh, iTunes, it really helps to show this time of year when people are looking for good dynasty content, especially in the off season, all your rating reviews are very helpful uh, to keep us at the top of the charts, where this is where we like to be. Appreciate your nerd herd. Let's jump into that show.